Hey guys, welcome to the More Juice podcast. It's your girl Jasmine, one half of More Juice. I'm super excited about today's episode. Marissa and I have brought a friend of mine, Soko Ray, to uh, join us for this conversation. She is a licensed psychotherapist, and this conversation is juicy, y'all. We're getting into mental health, we're getting into finding and defining your peace. So, here we go. I've been through therapy, so. I'm glad that you recognize that you couldn't do it because some people stay with it when they mm-hmm. shouldn't, and those mm-hmm. are the bad social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you recognize I can't do it because it brings up for you your own shit. All right, what's up? <laughs> happy Friday! Happy Friday! Yes, happy Friday! Oh my goodness! So um, I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, we have our new friend. Soko. Um, And I feel like this conversation is super fitting because A, the whole thing with More Juice is really getting us to have organic, real conversations about what is happening internally as we move through this journey called life. Um, And I feel like today we have an expert with us who can really walk us through (laughs) some of those feelings. Um, So Soko, I feel like, you know, you, I want to just have you do a, a brief introduction of yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and yeah, we'll go from there. All right. My name is Soko. Legal name is Socorro, and I am a psychotherapist. But before I became a psychotherapist, I was a social worker, and I still am a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I operate a private practice in Inglewood called Soko Ray Therapy, and it really is geared toward uh, people of color. Kind of, I'm trying to destigmatize and help people understand that mental health services really is really just a conversation with someone who knows a little bit about what you might be going through and who can help you, and making it kind of cool and fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I love that. I love that. So, can you tell us like what your what? How did you get here? You know, oh. a, a, a licensed <laughs> psychotherapist with your own practice in the middle of Inglewood, right? Like, yeah. how did you get here? Oh, uh, that's a. That's, I don't want to keep all of us here for this whole (laughs) story. So I'll try to make it real abbreviated. In my teens, my family kind of crumbled and I had a lot of people around me to support me and get me back up and help me succeed. So I was just like naturally drawn toward doing that for others. Went to grad school, got, I I don't know why I pursued my MSW. I wanted to work with kids, that's what. I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I found out it wasn't really the teaching that was fun. It was the interacting with the youth and getting them to believe in themselves. So I pursued my MSW, UC Berkeley, graduated, worked in um, child welfare, CPS, the people, the baby snatchers. That's what I did for four years. I didn't snatch any babies. I returned babies to their families. Um, (laughs) But what I saw was like, there's a lot of system reform that's needed. And I didn't feel like my agency would be completely fulfilled within CPS. So I'm like, all right, I wanna like paint some walls with my shit. Like I wanna make this more fun and creative. Mm. And so, I went to work into group homes and I managed, like I was administrator, mental health director, and what I saw, black and brown faces fill those spaces, and what I saw was like, they didn't think therapy was cool. They didn't like talking to a therapist in a room away from everyone else. They, I would drive one of them to Walmart and she would tell me that she was like kidnapped once and locked in the basement and her boyfriend raped her and I was like, whoa, I thought we were just coming to get Q-tips and you just spilled all of your life trauma to me. So I was like, okay, we need to, we need, they clearly need the service uh-huh. and they do want to talk they about it, but talk. they want to talk about okay. it when they want to talk about it and in a setting that's comfortable to them. So I was like, how can I create that? So I decided to launch my own private practice to create um, a home-like environment so that, you know, not having stuffy therapists, having therapists who dress real cool and chill. 
Um, and that's what I'm doing. I have an office and every room is like a room in a house. And there's one room that's a patio. It's got like grass on the floor, a turf, and some lights strung, oh, and some nice hustle posters. Um, trying to make people feel comfortable and welcome. And I chose Inglewood because I'll be damned. I live in Oakland before gentrification, and I saw the white people come and take it over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's not going to happen here. Mm-hmm. I know the Inglewood's the spot. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a brown person there. Not only am I going to buy property, I'm going to launch a business. We need to fill that space. Yeah. So that's kind of the abbreviated version. Here for all of it. Wow. I'm going to take a drink because I don't please, yes. yes, please. <laughs> Cheers. Toast to that. No, yes. That's um, absolutely. Thank you. I love it. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> it's so, you know, just being able to sit down and talk to you and it's real live movement, right? Like, yes, I'm buying property in Inglewood. I'm staying. I'm combating. Because a lot of times we have the conversations. It's like, well, what can I really do? Mm-hmm. You know, so to to hear you take... Um, some experiential uh, pull, mm-hmm. put it into practice, and land where you are now. It's power. It feels Chills. powerful yes. for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's right. This is a black female-owned business right here. Like, <laughs> right. please recognize that. Yeah, it's really intentional. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I, it's so funny because when I when I was in college, um, I ended up graduating with a psychology degree. But uh, prior to that, I was majoring in social work. And my sister, uh, she's adopted, she's been through the foster system, but and she was like my whole motivation for going that route. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing an internship at um, Athens County Children's Services, which is where I went to school, Athens, Ohio. And I, it was through that internship that I learned that I wasn't built for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, seeing what those children were going through and also what the parents were going through, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was just like, this is deep. I don't even know what to do with this. And looking back on that, I feel like I had so much of my own trauma that I hadn't even worked through, brought to the surface, even realized that was even inside of me that I don't, I, I couldn't have served somebody in that capacity back then, you know? Mm-hmm. So it seems like you kind of had it in your mind, though, that like this was the route you wanted to take. Yeah, I'd been through therapy. So. I'm glad that you recognize that you couldn't do it because some people stay with it when they mm-hmm. shouldn't, and those mm-hmm. are the bad social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you recognize I can't do it because it brings up for you your own shit, and if you haven't worked through it, it's not going to be a good fit for you. Um, but for me, I think it worked because I had therapists and I saw like the benefit of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you really do have to learn how to separate yourself from the work, or else you can lose it. Yeah, dealing with people that need you all day. Yes. Uh, so 14 started therapy. Mm-hmm. Was that by recommendation of your parents or is that something that you willingly wanted to do? How did that happen? My aunt is a therapist, my dad's sister. And when she heard the news that our parents were divorcing, she thought that that would be like a really proactive thing to do. And so my dad got us each an individual and then we had group with him. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was something I didn't, I wasn't resistant. I thought it was like an opportunity for me to share how upset I was with my dad. I was looking forward to it. Like, oh, finally, I can say what uh, I want. And there's going to be someone there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, shout out to your aunt. Yeah. That's huge shout out. Yes, because I feel like a lot of family, my family, we don't talk about not a thing. Man, I just went through this this weekend. Like, I just don't talk. It's just, it's just. Like, See pro- it like problems will rise and no one will talk about just it. Just put it under this one of these rugs. Just <laughs> nothing. What and happens but, if someone brings something up? Like, have you ever? I try to. They don't talk. 
about anything when you do it's just so awkward and uncomfortable but I recognize it mm-hmm. and coming back on the flight I'm just like man I this will not be a thing mm-hmm. I just refuse to let it continue because it trickled down I can see how it trickled down from one generation to the next and trying to penetrate my generation and I'm like mm, not not over here mm-hmm. so we need to figure it out but no no therapy nothing so you're the cycle breaker which is a hard place to be in because families are resistant to that person and when you start drawing the healthy boundaries they make you feel bad they like try to pull you back in not mm-hmm. knowing right but the subconscious pull mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Hard. I feel like that's a common thing for many people who come to more juice events or listen to our podcast like they are the cycle breakers you know and I feel like this whole concept of generational trauma like because for me personally um i always growing up i just remember being 13 and like i couldn't wait till i was 18. i was like oh i can't wait till i'm 18. i'm getting out of here not listening to none of y'all no more you know i had this strong urge to be like nothing like my family you know And, and and i did that like i left i went to college did had found every opportunity like to not go back home during the summers like I had this strong urge to just be like super relying on myself, you know? And now that I'm 29, I look back at those years and I'm like, I probably made things worse, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm trying to work through being more vulnerable and like actually just having conversations and, and trying to say how I feel, like particularly with my, my mother, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just starting there. But, um, you know, I feel like lots of people find that difficult because you know you you want to buy property you want to have your own business you want to make this own path for yourself and you might feel like since your parents didn't do that perhaps they can't be one with you or understand your pursuits Mm -hmm. right and so or be helpful or be helpful you know and i feel like a lot of that is stories that we make up in our heads you know um but i do wonder from your perspective what do you think are some of the like or do you find that that's a common thing in, in, in people that that you work with? Or am I making this up? No, like, you mean that they have families that they're dealing with and they that's, that's bringing them difficulty? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot. And I think most of the people coming to me are our generation. They're a little more awoke and aware. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, like this resilience thing? Actually not that cool. Like I want to practice vulnerability because that's how I can connect and live a fulfilled life. A typical complaint yeah. from... Yeah. The African American population that I've experienced is a complaint about the mother, and it's they describe their mother as like irritable mm. or negative, and I think that I call that depression. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and it's just like overlooked, and it's taken as a part of a person's personality rather than an issue that they can work through yeah. and like come out of. So yes, there is a lot of that, but it's really difficult because I can equip my client with so many skills, and they can leave feeling great and ready. But if that other partner isn't giving or changing, you can only do so much. So we also have to talk about in sessions like our expectations. Mm. You can only do what you can do. And you also have the authority and permission to step away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes parents learn by us stepping away and being like, I'm not with this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and they miss you and they bring you back under your or compromised condition. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Um, I feel like that 
that is definitely what's happening with my with me and my mother now and then like I have two younger siblings who are like 10 years younger than me and so she's kind of going through the same thing over again hmm. with them and I'm just kind of letting it happen because I I feel like they have to have their own journey you know what I mean like um you mean rather than you jumping in and trying to help? Exactly. That's called boundaries. That's a healthy ass boundary. <laughs> hey! say, I'm not, I've already done it. Like, I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trusting that the universe or whoever will provide. Yeah. Yes. And we yeah. talk about it because it's like you can't learn for it or like they're not going to, they're going to they're gonna have to walk it. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you can't share the learned experience in a way that's going to be meaningful enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I wonder, like, all right, cool. So we we all got parent issues. Uh, we all got mommy issues. We all we, oh we got some daddy issues. First of all, <laughs> first, second, and third of all. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but so I feel like and Jazz helped me describe this. Um, but I feel like there's been this in our conversations with other people when we talk about like. All right, you, you you have a vision for your life. You you set a plan. You write it down. You do you do all the conceptualizing, right? But there is something in here that holds you back from actually taking action towards that thing, right? And you literally drive yourself insane trying to figure out why can't I know what I need to do? Like mm-hmm. why can't I just do it? And then it starts this whole other cycle of being disappointed in yourself, right? And I feel like that is something that creatives or like aspiring entrepreneurs all all of that like that's that's a common thing that we go through all the time and I don't is there a solve for that um there's some options people can explore there's no like one answer um what you mentioned though is probably 50 percent of the phone calls that I get the consults the initial Mm -hmm. I'm wanting to meet for therapy is that block Mm -hmm. and I didn't even I don't know that personally I don't know that block um, I know many other blocks, but not that one. And what I've come to learn is it's fear. Mm. It's fear and it's also an unknowing of yourself, like a lack of self-knowledge and self-awareness. Here's my theory, and then we can play with the theory and you okay. get, we can talk about solutions from there. My theory, I need to like trademark this shit too. <laughs> Make some money off of it. My theory is we are composed of so many parts and attributes and qualities that we are unaware of. Or that we had as children and society and our parents and the church mm. they told us like no like this is the role for you and in that role and you have to be like this and do that and so we've been so forced into conformity that we haven't nurtured everything that was already there within us when we were born I do this a lot with my clients it's called um, guided imagery I have them lay on the couch and I walk them through like a childhood they pick the memory they pick what they're wearing And what it really helps people do is see like what they were like as a child and what it was they needed and what they felt good about. And so it's like the beginning of a process of getting back in touch with who you are minus everything you've been told to be. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you nurture all those parts and you know all those parts, you walk into spaces knowing everything that you're bringing. Mm -hmm. When you walk like that, that's called confidence. That's called hella confident. You don't feel blocked you imagine things and you have all these new skills because you nurtured these things and they brought you to the place that you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's fear and it's a lack of awareness. That's, <laughs> give me a minute. Right, So, <laughs> So, <laughs> we talk about the 
fear that manifests. But what you just described is like, I don't know, it just hit all up in here. All the parts. <laughs> all the parts. Because just to say, you know, to hear it out loud, like you're not nurturing the things. And the conversation we had, Marissa, about, um, damn it. We, talk, we talked about you trying to fit into this. Oh, yeah. Or becoming this new version of yourself. But I think it's not even, like, is it a new version or are you just tapping into different Mm -hmm. parts that have been Mm -hmm. muted and silenced Mm -hmm. or at least not nurtured that makes it uncomfortable to kind of shift into that? Like, that's hard. Yeah. I don't know. It takes lots of solitude. It takes lots Mm -hmm. of reading. It takes lots of tears. To see, like, where am I really hurting? Like, what haven't I fed yet? Mm. Yeah. That's why people avoid it. This shit is hard. You got to be alone to do it. You yeah. cannot do it with other people around you all the time. And there are those people who come to me, too. I'm like, why you always got to have your friends around? You can't be by yourself? That's another, that's another topic. Can, no, that's a real thing. But that's when you learn because you're sitting with your feelings and your thoughts. And you start to realize, like, what, what your habitual thinking patterns are and why. It's so interesting because when I moved to, when I up and moved to Charlotte randomly to get out of Ohio, I was too comfortable. Um, I had a lot of alone time, like just so much. And I feel, I actually found some old journals. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, going in on the journals. I was reading, no, I, I was going in. Like, really? You were writing every day in here? Like, okay. <laughs> but I was looking back. On, you know, my thought process, and I was so adamant about figuring, like, me out. Mm-hmm. But I know I had the space to do it during that time. I was literally in a new city. I had one really cool girlfriend who lived down the street, and I would link up with her. But other than that, I was it was just me. And that alone time fed me a lot mm-hmm. of information, I think. Um, and I could see it in how what I was writing about, my mindset, where you know my goals, how I was gonna get. It was just it was an interesting time, and I and that's, I mean, this was all like we started more juice. I started coming to L.A. I was painting. There were so many things that kind of just were birthed. Yeah. Yes, but I never thought about it. I mean, we've talked about you know you have to jump sometimes, and and that whole experience of getting out of my comfort zone, but thinking about it in the sense that that solitude getting into a new space and comfortable with myself birthed all of that mm-hmm. like i i never looked at it like that yeah that's dope and that's vital yeah right. it is that knowing yourself just keeps it yeah. it's it's ringing for me like um because i wonder the combination of not uh, that feeling manifesting because maybe you don't know yourself fully and maybe you're also afraid. I wonder if, um, I wonder how those two things work together, you know, like, are you actually afraid of really knowing yourself? Because Mm. maybe all these things that you're currently doing or you want, or maybe that you even want to do are not even in alignment with like who you truly are. So basically you might find out that what you want isn't actually for you. And then you're going to be like, oh shit. Yeah, that can create some, I never thought about it that way. That might be some subconscious stuff going on. Yeah. Afraid to tap in because it will reveal to you that this isn't for you. Especially like in your 20s, early 30s, you know, you're su- supposed to already be on your way. On your trajectory. Yeah, like. And you're not yet. Yeah, you're 29, how old are you? 28. Yeah. I didn't hit it till I was like 
31 was when I was like, all right, this is like good groove, good groove. And then 33 was like, yeah, bitches. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> finally, shit, all those years. Oh, my tears. About time. But I don't, and I wonder too, is like, would we discover, can we discover this earlier? Because I'm trying to like conjure up an idea to help people get here before I did. Like, yeah. I want you to live fuller earlier. I don't know. Some of it is like, I think you just got to go through some things. That's, that's a good question. I think about that all the time with my niece because she's 15. Um, <laughs> and I think about that like, okay, I, I learned all of this by the time I was 21. Let me, how do I put it in a pocketbook and hand it? Yeah, just but you maybe cannot like there's no way to just I don't know I don't get I don't there before you you're supposed to get there I think what, what it would be helpful is conversations that aren't so like conservative about the roles of people like I think we're doing a good job breaking away from the idea that you like have to have a job mm-hmm. you know you can create your own we're like being more creative there and the idea of like needing to be married before a certain age and what that indicates. And I think we're breaking away slowly from that. And I think that will be helpful because people won't feel so like guided by these certain milestones. I have to have been in my career and I have to, you know, be married to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Then they will be more exploratory. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I also, because I feel like that is another thing that we're trying to do, right? We're trying to like, be better so that our kids will be better than than us, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it just then you also have people who are kind of afraid that, of that because you want your kids to grow up on some level of struggle so they stay humble, you know? Like, <laughs> and no. it's, it's just like who got? Ain't nobody got the handbook. I don't know what what we're doing here, you know? And so I I feel like why? How do I how do I say this? Um. Do you think that our generation has a do we do you think that people feel like they they should have all the answers or um let me rephrase this um sometimes I feel like people in in like myself included if you don't get it right then you've not only failed yourself but everything that was connected to you right and then you you that's obviously like a huge amount of pressure that you give yourself um but I I I wonder when you are going through this whole healing journey within yourself like um I don't know what I'm asking I'm (laughs) I felt I I felt what you were starting to to yeah but it led me to also think, like, are we more comfortable exploring, like, looking for answers? Yes. Because I feel like I'll have a conversation maybe with my mom or, or an aunt or something, and it's like, oh, well, that's, this is how I am. This is, this is how it is. Right. And we're more open to, like, nah, bro, you can actually be a different way. And it's giving us a more broad landscape to live in. Like, a, mm-hmm. like I feel like my grandmother's experience right there was like this lane very narrow or this one over here and part of that a or b was like did you get married or did you not like okay then that means you had a family and kids and it looked like this and that was those were like the options Mm -hmm. maybe our the generation after that had a few more 
lanes, Mm -hmm. the exploratory openness to, you know, anything like approaching situations, asking questions, taking a different path. It was definitely broader than the previous, but, you know, now we out here trying to live our best lives and that Mm -hmm. may look completely different for like, you know, you have a group of a hundred people, all 100 can have completely different narratives, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what... I feel like there's... Okay, so something that I'm personally trying to figure out is a, 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 health, a healthy balance between a, a spiritual journey and, a, and an actual like physical journey here. You know, I feel like there are on the spiritual side, I'm trying to understand, you know, what I, what I identify with, who, what I actually believe in and how is that relevant to how I move about life now? You know, like I, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school and then like we didn't go to Catholic anymore. And then we went to a Baptist church. Then we went to like a Pentecostal. We went to all these random churches basically. (laughs) And like. God is very much like a, 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 a part of me, you know, but I feel like I don't, I don't see it in any of those ways. Mm-hmm. So then I'm over here and I'm having this physical journey of like literally trying to not be angry at my parents for whatever, you know, not trying to be, not be angry at myself, uh, not be angry at my bosses, right? Like trying to control the, 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 the physical ways in which maybe my spiritual stuff manifests, you know? So I, I'm wondering is, does any of that have anything to do with mental health? Um, any sort of like dissonance or discomfort that you experience on a regular basis that is bothersome to you is mm-hmm. worth exploring. Mm-hmm. If not, if you can't come to any like conclusions that feel good for you by yourself, that you do it with a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you, you feel you're not sure where you stand here mm-hmm. anymore and you feel conflict in how things have been navigated so far over here. Everything's a mess. <laughs> okay, so this is like the the beautiful part of therapy, and I think that the beautiful part of like what we are in the world we live in now is that we're we don't need answers. We're like there is no answer. Mm. There's kind of just accepting what is and not making it indicate anything about you, and that it's not wrong, and it's not that's wrong. okay. Because yes. that's where I was going with the Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah, that it, it doesn't have to be wrong. That it's all learning, and the learning never ends, and the healing never ends, and this is a part of the journey. And if you feel uncomfortable enough, at some point you're going to take action, and you're going to do it authentically so you don't have regrets, and then you're going to move on freely because you gave it all you got, and that's all you can give. Mm-hmm. You know, some sort of peace with the way you move. Yeah. Give me a second. I'm just going to write that on my wall over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Completely. Mm-hmm. Mm. There are no answers. There are no answers. And, but that's where it's like, so to answer your question, mental health, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's not, it doesn't have to be like schizophrenia. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be depression. It could just be that feeling of like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for people to hear that too. Cause even if we talk about this all the time, like there's stuff we know, but hearing it, and saying it and hearing someone say it is meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it can trigger 
Right. You know, I think a lot of what therapy is, is like you sharing me with me that information and me telling you like, absolutely. That makes so much sense that you would think that Mm. That a lot of people are having these like uh, existential questions in their Mm -hmm. life. Like you're a part of the human race. Welcome. Because I think a lot of people (laughs) think what they're going through is unique to them. It's like, nah, bro, we're all struggling. Okay. But we don't all talk about it. I think that when we are a more vulnerable community, when we like share all of our real shit with people, we won't need therapists more as much. Mm. But right now it's so like, I'm just going to tell her because she can't tell nobody. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's working that way now. Yeah. What do you think has um, aided the more people just be more open to the idea of therapy and like having having someone like guide them through this? What do you think has just allowed us to move into this space where it's not so like taboo anymore? Yeah. I think that uh, therapists or mental health specialists have been positioned in places now where they didn't used to be. They used to be like sequestered and now it's like they're in the schools. They're at the doctor's office. Um, Doctors are screening for mental health stuff and so the referrals made. So there's just more awareness that they exist. And then I think sometimes like within schools, if you're a third grader and you get into a fight, they might send you to the therapist. Mm. And then you've met a therapist. And so now when things get hard again and you go again, you understand like this person's here to meet my emotional or to help me meet my own emotional needs. And so you just become familiar and it feels normal. More normal. Mm -hmm. That's my thought. And then we're talking about it more. There's more dialogue about it. Um, People are talking about like, I I don't know if we can blame the Kardashians or praise the Kardashians for this, but like rich people in Calabasas talk about their therapist. They talk about yoga, Lululemons, and like, oh, it's with my therapist. So it became this cool thing. Like, oh, people with money do that. I want to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a bragging right. Oh, my goodness. That's true because it's expensive. It is. So a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of my friends, peers, who would love to be in therapy every week. Mm -hmm. But can't afford it. Don't have, yeah. So Different insurance. It doesn't quite... That's a hard one. Cover it. I don't, ha- I don't take insurance currently. I'm working on it because I would like to serve people who have insurance. What I don't like about taking insurance is if I um, take your insurance, I have to bill your insurance. And in order to bill, I have to substantiate that you have a mental health issue and I have to diagnose right. you. Mm-hmm. I'm not with that. I'm like, would you just describe it? I'm like, that sounds like a spiritual issue. She needs to talk it out. Like, mm-hmm. that ain't depression. That ain't anxiety. I don't want to have to name it. Yeah. I, I just want it to be. Um so I look forward to being able to serve more people that way. But also, like, first of all, to anyone listening, most therapists, we're in this shit because we care. And so if you call us and we tell us your rate, tell you our rate, and it doesn't work for you, say that it doesn't work and ask if they can slide their scale. Or if it's not a super-duper serious issue, most of my clients come every two weeks because it's like maintenance. It's the stuff you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's that stuff that's, like, seen as less severe but also is still troubling. Mm-hmm. You can come twice a week. I see a few clients, I won't say how much, but they're definitely sli- they're slightly way, lo- way low on the scale. I see them, I see two clients pro bono. Like we can fit people in, but also like you have to stop and ask yourself, what, where are my priorities? Mm-hmm. Because if you just bought, I don't know, like three pair of jeans from Fashion Nova or whatever, like that's a session. <laughs> or dinner, drinks, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a session that could have really been a breakthrough session. Mm-hmm. So people do have to put their, their money. No, that's real. There. And let let me just start by saying, like, I've been in the field for a minute, but I'm never the expert. I always tell people, you're the expert of your own experience. Mm -hmm. There are things I don't know. Mm -hmm. There are people who know more than me, but I will give you my best definition. Okay, do it. Yeah, well, so, okay, so we we talked about peace. We talked about 
depression. We talked about anxiety. We talked about conflict, you know? And I feel like there are times where people can, I think people name depression and anxiety a lot, right? And people might at any given moment say, I feel depressed or I feel anxious or whatever. Um, but I wonder if there, if, if that is always the case or maybe there are other emotions or like feelings that are we mislabeling? Yes. That we could be mislabeling. Yeah. So I think it depends on how specific you want to be. I think people understand that we, we are using the terms loosely Mm -hmm. in an office. If I was diagnosing, I would, you would have to meet certain criteria. So we have the DSM. Uh, DSM-5 is the most current now, and if someone was presenting with depression, they would have to meet, I think it's five of like 10 things that are listed. It's like uh, overeating, undereating, uh, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, not finding pleasure in things, hopelessness, tearfulness, fatigue. You have to meet like certain criteria, mm. and that that substantiates the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But any one of those are symptoms of depression, and mm-hmm. so I think that's what we describe. We say like, oh, I'm feeling depressed because you feel sad. Right. Yeah, I think that's okay. Got you, got you. Okay, and and what about anxiety? Like, how would you describe that feeling? I would describe anxiety, uh, it's different for different people. Some people are just uh, loosely, I'll say, in their head all the time, um, always asking themselves questions. Um, their mind is full of like racing thoughts, perhaps. Some people don't know what's going on in their head, but they feel it in their body, mm. um, like just unrest and like some shakiness and like, a need to get rid of some energy um those are like the 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 most common things that i hear yeah Mm -hmm. just like an uneasiness Mm -hmm. and what about conflict that's a huge that's broad um conflict slash internal distress i think or lack of peace i think it would be Mm -hmm. i don't have a real definition conflict to me is like anything that feels uncomfortable for you Mm. something's not jiving well with your soul that's the conflict gotcha Gotcha. And then peace. Ooh, like, peace. What does peace feel like? Peace, I don't know. I know what peace feels like for me. Mm, okay. um, peace for me is like feeling like there's nothing. I'm I'm not like struggling to get anything. I'm just good. There's no preoccupation with what's next. I'm like, I'm just good. That is peace for me. Mm. For me, like I had a moment actually. I was 33 in San Francisco. I've been hanging out that weekend with my girlfriends. I had a story published in a book by a professor. So that was like exciting. That was a big milestone for me professionally. I felt like, damn, I was published. Like, that's pretty cool. No, that is dope. And I was drinking wine with my girlfriends in San Francisco overlooking the Golden Gate. Um, And they were laughing. We were kind of tipsy. And I just finally was like, oh, shit. Oh my God, because it's 27 years. I have been in distress, okay? Like worried that I wasn't enough, that Mm -hmm. I would never get anything I wanted. Like those were my thoughts. And in one moment, and and in church, I was taught like this wholeness shit. Like you got to be whole to get to this, to that. Sorry. I will write a book on that (laughs) because I'm like, y'all need to describe what whole is. Right. Okay, don't just have us out here thinking like, "Ah, I guess when I have a husband is when that'll mean I'm whole. Like, um, so... I came to this moment where I was just like, I think wholeness is peace. And I think peace is like, in this moment, I lack nothing. Mm. That's That was peace for me. Mm. It was like October 17th, 2017. I love, yes, date. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What's peace for you? 
Um, you know, I think peace for me is just constant laughter. Like, I'm a person, I sometimes, I just don't like to take anything serious. Like, I just like, I just feel like life is, when you really think about it, what are we even doing here? <laughs> you know, it, and it just feels weird to me to walk around all day, every day, just taking everything so serious. I, I, I just love to have a good time and I need every day to feel like that, Yeah, you know, or else I'm just like, I, I don't feel like myself, you know? Um, so yeah, I would say peace for me is just freedom, joy, laughter, bliss. And I could do that all by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I love to be at home, turn on some city <laughs> girls and just, <laughs> That is you not know. how you dance with your girls. <laughs> <laughs> this, you ain't gonna lie. Oh my god! I would. I don't think I would. I have to keep my city girls dance at home. I don't know. If. <laughs> no name, Shanine. You never know. I don't know. Ah. It could be. Or that Megan The Stallion. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I, I feel like I, I, I love having those moments by myself. I love having those moments with like my friends with, at, at work and like. It's just that's that's what I think life is about mm -hmm. because that's that's when you actually are able to touch somebody else. You know what I mean? Like you 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 walk into a situation with no 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 guard up, no bars up, right? And that invites other people into you. So that is peace for me. That's a beautiful explanation, and I think that what you described a lot of people experience and. I went to Yos not Yosemite. I did go to Yosemite, but we went to me and my some girlfriends went to Joshua Tree last year, and I was like looking around, like at what point do we decide to put walls up mm. to make this our house? At what point do we decide to put locks on doors? At, like we've part of our issue, I think, is we've cut, we've removed ourselves so far away from like what we're really here for, and that mm -hmm. is to connect. Yes. And to support one another. Yes. And we don't actually need all this stuff we've created, but now we're like addicted to it and we have it. And so we, yeah, there's conflict because that doesn't jive with us. We know we're here for something else. Like, this is stupid. Why am I talking? Why are we stressed about social media right now? Like, this didn't exist 100 years ago. And like, why should I worry about it now? Yeah. So, yeah, I think you, you are speaking to that, that you, you can create conflict can be created when you're torn away from like the essence of humanity mm -hmm. of yourself mm -hmm. yeah mm. what about you what's your peace definition mm. I don't okay how do I define it it's it it does feel like freedom um to just be I feel like my house if when I can just be here I'm I could be doing anything right even if it is we have a lot of crazy days working at home um but there's something about my space like I'm obsessed with plants but there's a calming like I don't know how to because it's not about the actual house but 
my space is like my peace. Mm. Like I can just come home. Is it like safety? Maybe comfort. I think it's comfort because I'm not. I'm I'm really frugal, but I was like, I'm gonna get this couch because for me that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I can wake up, sit in my living room, you know, with our plants and every, you know, I'm I can watch TV, I can read a book, I can cook, I can do nothing, I can work for ten hours, but something about my space, um, and I don't know if it's. <sighs> Oh, that might be deep. I was gonna say it might be a that that was something I didn't have mm-hmm. growing up that it didn't necessarily feel like home. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's not weird. That's but real. but there's love in our house, and like that's all I need. Mm-hmm. I can I can go out and and hang out and meet up and do all the things. But I'm when people come over or it's just us or it's just me. I'm like at peace and it is there in addition to all of that it is not stressing about the the frivolous shit from whether it's work or just I don't know the noise yeah I like to bring it down a little bit but I am a busybody like I'm I'm always working it feels like but something about when you know when as soon as you were like, define peace, that's my first thing that came to mind. I wonder if it's like, because it's your home environment, I mean, yeah, comfort, I can see that, but I wonder if there's like some sense of control that you have here, like, because this is your, like, you have created yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the say in what comes and goes. Yeah, it might be some of that too. Yep. Your hand is in it. Completely. Mm-hmm gonna be journaling this evening (laughs) no you're hitting things because I think you know my parents are divorced lots of just different things growing up and then you kind of go away and you watch it from a distance from college it's like weird and then you come home and it's not home so I there's something there that I've actually Mm -hmm. never really thought about the the homes I've made as an adult and how why that is my piece that's mm-hmm. look <laughs> I'm sure many people can relate to that yeah yeah it's the one thing that you you have created and if you lose this place it's because you did mm-hmm. it's not because of someone else taken and you away were just this, or... yeah innocent bystander yeah that's deep do you think... oh, we go deep <laughs> see <laughs> but did you you notice how like you saw yourself going deep i felt I it i did and you, you stopped yourself like, for a second oh, that's our normal response hopefully we all grow out of that and when it feels like it might be deep we just keep talking anyway mm-hmm. yeah 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 Whew. man i'm so glad we like could sit and talk with you yeah this is cool for me this, too this is great i feel like people gonna get healed or they're going to go to therapy. <laughs> Inspired, for sure. Just because it's, you know, it's our time. It's yeah, our time. We're here to live. Yeah. yeah. I love this whole best life thing that's going around because I feel like it's really pushing people to figure out what is my best life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pushing people to travel, pushing people to be creative. Yeah. Yes. To quit their job. <laughs> Whoa. You know? Yeah. Hey. Um... <laughs> But no, yes, I feel like it's going back to like one of the first things you said just about this kind of, um, you know, figuring out who you really are, this getting to really know yourself or yeah. 
getting back to who you already were, you know what I mean, in the very beginning of this whole thing. Um, Tapping in and yeah. nurturing the parts of you yes. that have been hidden, right. silenced, muted, whatever it was. Right. That's... Because when you do that, you, you can... Perhaps you can have that peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and then once you have that peace, like you you are here. You can do whatever you want. With all kind of gifts. With yes. all kind of gifts. Whole. <laughs> whole. That is whole. Nurturing all gifts. Oh. I'm so glad you brought that wholeness point up, too. Because, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm also just, I also just wonder if, you know, is, is wholeness just this whole journey that we're on? Or are we supposed to get to that at some point like it's whole is a nest destination or is that just life <laughs> that's an excellent question i don't know the answer it's it is what it is for you for me it was a moment where i was like i'm good i'm finally good mm. but i don't know if it's like that for everyone and i don't think that's wrong or right yeah yeah it just can be but i think also as like millennials and you know just being in this space you said you had a moment right and you 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 know, you were like, whoa, psh, I, I'm here. You know, I'm good. I can, you know, that kind of benchmark, you hit that. You're feeling complete um, in a way. But I feel like sometimes we can't recognize. No. And it is because, you know, the comparison and the, the whether it's the church or your friends or your family, like, so when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? And those are the finish lines they've almost set in front of you and even if you're like crossing these things you know you're not technically there so like you must not be you're still inadequate full. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's that's hard yeah. it is hard and those expectations are what send a lot of people to therapy they think something's wrong with me because i haven't done this yet it's like if you don't chill and let your life be your life please mm -hmm. yeah it's hard though. It's very hard. It's very hard. Cause I even, you know, I have friends who are married, friends with kids, these things, but I'm like, that's not, I'm not any less. I'm not worthy of any less because I'm not there yet. Like, yeah. and I think the, it's so important for me. What helped me was I had really, I had friends who kept it 100 with me all the times. So like my married friends, my friends with kids would tell me what that was like. And it sounded just as awful as me struggling through being single. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, if we, I gotta, if we gotta pick a struggle, I'm cool with mine. <laughs> that don't sound too great. So I think we also, we get bamboozled or maybe we bamboozle ourselves into thinking that, well, if you reach that destination, then everything's good. Like, no, honey, the work mm -hmm. has just begun. Mm -hmm. um, so, so having a more realistic understanding of what is. Yeah, we are sure. all struggling, that is the truth. All of us are struggling. Yes. Yeah, with something. Yeah. So, moral of the story, um, is is this is life, and life, hopefully, is long, you know, and that also means that the struggle is gonna be long. So, <laughs> find your peace somewhere. But to that same thing, <laughs> life is short, and I feel like that's where I'm like, no, I'm taking my peace today. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mm -hmm. actually, I'm cool. I like because <laughs> like that's true. That. But, but, you know, two sides to the coin. Perspective. Yeah. I think, too, an issue that people, that will bring you more peace is understanding that struggle never ends, it only changes. Like, we will always yes. be struggling with something. And so long as you maintain the expectation that at some point you won't be struggling, 
you're going to forever be mad because mm-hmm. you're never going to really reach that. There's, there will continue to be obstacles and difficulties. So yeah, I had my aha moment in October and I don't know what, I was drunk. You know, I'm a magical thinker the anyway. Like I go there, the glistening. view is all magical and shit. Like it just happened. <laughs> it's not like that for everyone. Um, but even though that happened, didn't mean other struggles weren't still present. Mm-hmm. There's still something. So peace for me also is like an acceptance that things won't always be easy. And it means nothing about me or my journey. It's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take it and move. Mm-hmm. I love that. It means nothing about me or my journey. Yeah. But we just here. We're here. Yeah. Living. Yeah. Well, I just got my life. I don't know about <laughs> you guys listening, but. Um, oh, somebody. Tell I, us. I just feel, I, I feel much more like. Zen. At peace. Yes. Good. At peace. I'm just like, look, take it day by day. And like you were saying, Jazz, and like find get your peace right now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Get it right now. And be intentional. I like that. Like make that a daily goal. Like yeah. today I will find my peace if I don't have it already and I will maintain it. Mm-hmm. And I won't do things that collide with that. Like before you engage in something, ask yourself, like, does this line up with my peace? Is this peaceful? And if it's no, then walk the other way. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Yes, intentional. (laughs) I have to say, the people who are listening and can't see, both of your teeth and your lips are like (laughs) so fun to watch. I'm like, I love the character in her mouth. (laughs) I'm into mouths. I love mouths. I should have worn we, my lipstick. We, we we like to pull out a lip on special occasions, <laughs> I know, which yeah, this is. So. We're in the camera. Like, but that's what's up. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Soko. Thank you this guys for great. having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you reached out. Yeah, for sure. And, and everybody, we will post and share because we want y'all all to know and see and, you know, bear witness to everything that Soko is doing right oh. here for us. And book your um, consultation. Book your consultation at SokoRay.com, S-O-C-O-R-E-Y.com, or Boom. Instagram, your favorite therapist. Your favorite therapist. Boom. Awesome. Make sure you're following More Juice, please, on social, and um, let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Peace. <laughs> that was fun, guys. Yes, yes. Yo, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the More Juice Podcast. Y'all know, blessings come in connections. So connect with us on social, online, and in person. But you can follow us at More Juice PLZ. And check out the website, subscribe to our newsletter. And please, 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 if you liked anything that you hear, leave us a review, you know, on any of the platforms. We appreciate the love. And by the way, did y'all know we have merch? Check us out online. We got the hoodies, the hats. All the swag. Um. <laughs> I don't. How do you say buy it without so, saying so buy it? it? So support us. So check it out and support us. Thank you in advance. Peace.